It is great to be back on Search the Scriptures today with all of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in. We're so thankful that you have done so, and we're thankful that you continue to listen on a regular basis, many of you, many of you just about every day. And we're thankful for you, but we're thankful for those new listeners too. And those others who are only able to listen periodically, we're thankful for all of those who tune into this Bible study because it affords us the opportunity to try to help you teach God's Word, uh, try to help you understand God's Word as we try to teach it to you in a clear-cut fashion and yet in depth and detail and in a way that makes sense for your life. Now, our bottom line is we want to bring God glory and we strive to do that by teaching His Word accurately and effectively every day on Search the Scriptures. It's not just a, an opportunity for us and a blessing, but we also believe it's a responsibility because just as he was ready to ascend back to heaven, our Lord and Savior instructed the apostles and through them, us, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And this is one way that we have found that we can do that right through this regular radio program, Search the Scriptures, as it is broadcast throughout different parts of this country live, but then also as it is put on the internet and afforded the opportunity for all of those who can tap into it in that way to listen to it wherever they might be all around the globe. It is great to be here as it always is to study God's Word along with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, it is a great time to be with you on the program once again. We certainly look forward to Search the Scriptures, from our standpoint at least, because we can open up the Bible and share the truths that God's recorded there with all of those who listen to it. And thank you for tuning in today. We're glad that you're with us. We hope it'll be a time of encouragement and edification for you. And you know, one of the things we do hope, Gary, as we do the various programs that we do here on Search the Scriptures, is that our listeners will come to understand just how valuable they are in God's sight. You know, how much God cares for them as individuals. You know, sometimes we lose sight of the fact God loves each one of us on an individual basis. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, well, God loves the world, kind of a blanket statement, and think, yeah, you know, everybody's included in that. Yes, and that's accurate, and that's right. But bring it down to you personally. God loves and cares for you. He's interested in you. He wants your soul to be saved eternally. Very personal, isn't it? It really is. And we need to remember that it is personal, and we need to try to keep it personal. We do. That's where it has the most meaning, I think, for us individually, Mm -hmm. where it makes the most impact upon our lives. It really does. Dennis, we're going to begin a new study today. We're going to be talking about our soul. Mm -hmm. I'd like for us to begin by reading Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Our Lord is asking that question, isn't he? He is, yes. Now there cannot be a much more profound question. Now we've talked about 
some questions that are asked in Scripture that we mm -hmm. would say you can't get much more basic and profound and fundamental than that. Mm -hmm. For instance, on Pentecost, when they asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, what must we do mm -hmm. or what shall we do? Yes. The Philippian jailer echoing that in Acts chapter 16 when he asked Paul and Silas, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Yes. That's about as basic as it gets. It really is. But now, as the Lord asks this question, he's asking us, and it really does, it plays into those other questions, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Mm -hmm. What yes. if he gains the whole world mm -hmm. and loses his soul? What has he profited? <laughs> yeah, the profit's not there. Profit is not there. There's no profit in that deal. No, there isn't. No. And we know the answers to his questions. Yes, we do. They're called rhetorical questions. Mm -hmm. To ask them is to answer them. The answer is understood within the question itself. Mm -hmm. What profit is it for a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Obviously, you know, duh, no profit, Not as you all. said. Yes. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, again, nothing. Nothing no. would be worth that exchange. No, not at all. And yet, Dennis, I think a lot of people have set a price on their soul. It certainly seems, Gary, as though the way we see others living around us, that you're right, that people have placed a price on their soul. I don't think they do it consciously. No, probably not. You know, very rarely would they be conscious in mm -hmm. their action. Mm -hmm. But I think in a careless, unthinking way, mm -hmm. they have placed something or maybe a number of somethings above the value of their soul. Yes, yes. And you know, it, it may go back to something that Paul said to Titus in uh, Titus chapter 1, verse 16. He said, they profess to know God, but in works they deny him. Yeah. You know, again, probably not something that's done consciously, and yet you can see through the lives that people are living, they're not dedicated to following God. Right. Now, again, unconscious, unthoughted, careless, mm -hmm. and yet it's there. It's there, right. They're living in such a way that they've put something as the price tag mm -hmm. on their soul. Yes. They've exchanged their soul, their soul salvation for something in this life mm -hmm. without even realizing the gravity of what they've done. Mm -hmm. Yes, and in reality, they've made the biggest mistake they can ever make. Yes. Now we would ask our listeners right now, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about maybe, while you know the answer to Jesus' questions, virtually everybody you know, who would be listening would say, oh, I know the answer, mm -hmm. nothing, no. Mm -hmm. And yet, are you living in such a way that you have put something above your soul, mm -hmm. above your soul's salvation? Again, a terrible decision to make. Yes, it is. Now let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and let's look at verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. 
what does the Apostle Paul say there to the Christian? Now, he's writing this to Christians. Mm -hmm. What does he say? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. That's quite a statement. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, in Christ means our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Yes, as you indicated, he's talking to Christians. That's correct. He's Mm -hmm. not talking to everybody in the world here. Not at all. He's talking to Christians. Mm -hmm. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places Mm -hmm. in Christ. Now, as we read through this particular text, we see a number of those blessings enumerated for us. Yes. Let's see if we can pick out some of them. Mm -hmm. How about reading along for a bit? Okay. Beginning in verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, we can pick up two there, can't we? Uh He chose us Mm -hmm. in him. Mm Mm-hmm. Before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. Now, before the foundation of the world refers back to God's plan for man's redemption mm-hmm. and salvation before he ever created mankind. That's right. Now, we've talked about that a number of times in this program mm-hmm. where as to how God, being God in his omniscience, could look ahead and mm-hmm. realize man was going to sin. Yes, and left in his own, he would be hopeless and doomed in that sin. Mm -hmm. So God, before he ever created man, already had a plan for Mm -hmm. man's redemption and forgiveness in mind. Yes, that's right. And it would be those who would come to him through Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. in that way. He chose us in him, those who would come into Christ, baptized into him, Romans 6 and verse 3, Galatians 3 and verse 27, for the remission of their sins. Mm-hmm. Acts 2.38, Acts 22.16. Before the foundation of the world, God already had that as his plan. So whoever would follow that plan, mm-hmm. those, are the, those are the ones he has chosen. Mm-hmm. Yes. He did not make them do that. No. He simply put the plan out there and he chose that it would be through that plan. Whoever mm-hmm. would be obedient to that plan. Mm-hmm. And then he also noticed in verse 14 that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Mm -hmm. Now, only through Christ can we be counted holy and without blame. That's exactly right. Now, here are a couple of blessings right off in verse Mm 4 of these spiritual blessings that we can can kind of point out, pinpoint. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go on and read a little further. Okay. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, here's another one. Uh-huh. The, the phrase, having predestined us, simply goes back and it reiterates, just in different verbiage, the statement, he chose us mm-hmm. in him before mm-hmm. the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. So again, it's the plan mm-hmm. that he chose, yes. not the individual. But no. whoever, would, whoever would be obedient to the plan mm-hmm. God has chosen through that plan, they would be saved. But notice here it says, to adoption as Mm -hmm. sons. He chose us, he predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Mm -hmm. Isn't that an incredible thought that God has adopted us as we became Christians Mm -hmm. to be his sons and daughters? Yeah, it really is, Gary, when you think about the 
majesty of God, the glory of God, the power of God, the goodness of God, that he would be interested enough in us. And of course, this goes back to speaking about the value of our souls. Yes. He is interested enough in us individually to adopt us as his children. Just incredible. Yes. That God would go out of his way to adopt us mm -hmm. into his family. Yes. Well, what about verse 6? To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Made us accepted. Mm -hmm. Again, the emphasis being in every one of these verses in Christ. That's in right. the beloved. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, by Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. in him. Mm -hmm. Always that's the condition. We mm -hmm. have to be in Christ. Yes. Now that helps us understand too that people in this world who do not believe in Jesus Christ, they cannot receive these spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, it would seem, as they're laid out for us here. Well, that's true. You know, we've said a number of times that Jesus is the only way that we can come to God. And he himself made that statement in John 14, verse 6. Yes. There he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me or by me. And going back to verse 3, Paul says that these spiritual blessings in the heavenly places are in Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, coming back to verse 7 again, we have been made accepted. Mm -hmm. Boy, that should be relief. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. That God has accepted us. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go on to verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Redemption through his blood. Mm -hmm. Redeemed. Now, basically, we're talking about salvation. Mm -hmm. But notice connected with that is the forgiveness of sins. Yes. And you know, I think this is the reason why we can read in verse 6 that we were accepted in the beloved. Yes. It's because, as he said in verse 7, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. The wages of sin is death, so we have to be forgiven. Mm -hmm. And we know that Isaiah 59 and verse 2 tells us that sin separates us from God. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be forgiven. Mm -hmm. We have to be redeemed from the guilt of our sins. And we have that in Christ. It, again, here's that emphasis again, verse 7. Every one of these verses says the same thing using a little different words. In him we have redemption, yes. the forgiveness of sins. Right. Okay, let's go on. Okay, in verse 8. Which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Now there's there. an abundance. Yes, I was just going to say <laughs> it, it's abounding. Uh, that's a good word. Yes. I like that. Yes. In verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. Now, the mystery of his will, we can summarize that in one word, can't we? I gospel. believe we're talking about the gospel, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting how we read in another text, if I remember correctly, it's, it's in Hebrews, but I might be calling that up wrong where it talks about the prophets had longed to look into these things. Mm -hmm. And yet, as they prophesied, the, you know, they, they were apparently made aware these prophecies, Old Testament prophets we're talking about, they're not for you. Mm -hmm. They're for 
the Christian age, those who become followers of Christ, those who become Christians. Now that's the mystery of God's will. Mm -hmm. That was a mystery then, but it has been revealed to us through the New Testament. Yes, that's right. And what a blessing that it has been revealed. Oh, yes. That he has made known to us the mystery of his will. Verse mm -hmm. 9. Yes. You know, it's, uh, it's not a situation where God has some secret plan in mind. You know, if we're really wise and really shrewd and we can work out all the details and figure out the plan, then we win some kind of a prize. That's not it at all. You know, as you're pointing out, this has been made known. It's very clear. It's very plain. It's very understandable. And we can respond to it. Absolutely. No longer a mystery. It's no. laid out for us. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go on. Verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Now, gather together, again, we're talking about the saved there, aren't we? We certainly are. And we can also think about that from two perspectives. He gathers the saved together in this world in the church. Mm -hmm. Acts 2 and verse 47, the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Mm -hmm. And also in the ultimate, from the ultimate perspective, he gathers mm -hmm. together in one all things in Christ, the saved in eternity, in heaven. That's right. At the judgment, we'll mm -hmm. all be gathered together and uh, ushered in through the gates of heaven. Right. Well, th this, is a lot of, this is a long list of blessings, <laughs> and the, yeah, spiritual blessings, yes, isn't it? Yes, it is. And we might even be overlooking one or two here, but we're, we're looking mm -hmm. at them pretty closely. How mm -hmm. about going on to verse 11? In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So an inheritance. Mm -hmm. Peter talks about that too. Yes, he does. In his, in his uh, writing, mm -hmm. we have an eternal inheritance. Yes. We're simply talking about a home in heaven, isn't it? Yes, something to look forward to. Yes. And again, ultimately, we can boil that down to salvation. Yes, it's salvation. Eternal inheritance. Mm -hmm. Well, go on. Mm -hmm. Verse 12, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Now, there the gospel is enumerated specifically. Mm -hmm. After, in, in him you also trusted. Mm -hmm. Again, here's that in him again. We've, yes. we've been reading that over and over and over again. In mm -hmm. Christ, in verse 12. In him, verse 11. Mm -hmm. You know, over and over again. In him, verse, 12, uh, verse 10. Uh, we keep reading that phrase or one equivalent to it to help us understand that only in Christ mm -hmm. are these spiritual blessings found. Mm -hmm. And that goes right back to the statement in verse 3 mm -hmm. that introduced this particular context. Yes. Now, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And that's exactly what Paul refers to it as in his letter to the Romans, isn't it? Yes, it is. Chapter 1 and verse 16. Mm -hmm. That's right. The gospel as being the power of God to salvation. Yes. 
the gospel of Christ. Now, in whom also having believed, and here's another one of those blessings, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who mm-hmm. is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. In other words, until Christ comes back on that final day of judgment mm-hmm. and takes us to be home with him mm-hmm. in heaven for all of eternity. Yes. In some way, he says, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Yes. Some way we have received the Holy Spirit as the guarantee of our salvation. Mm-hmm. Now, some would say that's a direct indwelling. Others would say that's through the word only. Mm-hmm. Okay, whichever way you understand it, just so you understand, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Mm-hmm. He is the guarantee of our salvation. Mm-hmm. Now, could you think of a better guarantee? No, no, not at all. And this comes directly from God, mm-hmm. this guarantee. Mm-hmm. Guarantee of our salvation. It's also referred to as an earnest Yes. In another text. Mm-hmm. Or a pledge. Yes, mm-hmm. pledge, down payment, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yes. Again, we would consider that as something that is a surety. Mm-hmm. You know, here, let me tell you, this is my pledge. We think of an earnest down, earnest money when we're going to buy something. We're saying, here's some earnest money. I want you to hold that for me. Yes. While we go ahead and try to work out this contract, this sale. Yes. Well, God has said, okay, you've come to salvation through Christ. The Holy Spirit's going to be with you now. Mm-hmm. Again, whatever way that, that he has determined that will, that will happen, um, again, either in some direct way or just through the word, but he's going to be with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he is the guarantee of your salvation. That's right. The down payment from God. Mm-hmm. What a blessing that is. Oh, boy, that's for sure. Boy, we've seen a lot of blessings here. Spiritual blessings in this one text. Absolutely. In not very many verses, they're Mm -hmm. listed out here. Yes. Now, the point being, if those are only for those, if those blessings are only extended to those who are the faithful in Christ, Mm -hmm. why would anybody turn their back on those blessings? Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, it goes back. To that original question we asked, or that Jesus himself asked, what will we give in exchange for his soul? Or what will we be profited if we gain the whole world but lose our soul? The answer is obvious, isn't it? It really is. We lose all of those spiritual blessings. None of them would apply. And those are incredible blessings. They certainly are. Having to do with our salvation. Mm Mm-hmm. No profit to turn our back on those, even if we gain the whole world. No, no comparison there. Nothing we could give in exchange or take in exchange mm-hmm. for our soul's salvation. No. We're going to stop here. Then we're going to go further into this particular study in our next program. We do want to encourage you to be sure to tune in and continue this vital study about our soul's salvation. We would love to send you that free Bible study and you can begin to study on your own right from God's word about your soul's salvation. Why not call us today?